For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Of course it feels funky. Everything feels funky on your Saturday. Good morning, Northland. Welcome to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Happy Saturday. Happy Hockey Day in Minnesota. I'll tell you this. I love the sport of hockey. I contribute to it here on this very station. But for the umpteen millionth year in a row, I'll be spending Hockey Day in Minnesota in a gym. You're welcome, basketball fans. But I'm a hockey fan, and we're going to see and hear a lot from them today, I'm sure. We 100% will, Brian. Everybody that we talk to is a bit of a hockey fan, right? But you forgot something. Happy Royal Rumble Saturday. I didn't forget that. that. Everybody that partakes, happy Royal Rumble Saturday. But I can tie those together because, and hopefully one of our listeners, because he's the father of the individual I'm about to bring up, I can tie that in because it's hockey day. And somehow it's Royal Rumble Saturday, which yes, I didn't ever think you'd say something like that. That just means Winner. I hope that just means I hope my wife wants to wrestle later. But I digress. <laughs> but I can tie it together because I went to one birthday party in my childhood, where the selling point of this birthday party was it was pay per view, and this kid was getting the Royal Rumble. Now that meant nothing to me, but his friendship did, so I went anyway. But he also had a Nintendo game system, which that meant a lot to me back then. And he had Blades of Steel, which was a very cool hockey video game. The kids at the party watched the Royal Rumble, except one. (laughs) One went upstairs and played Blades of Steel for about two hours. See, Brian, here's the thing. Sports would be better if we introduced players like that. Sports would be better if WWE was one of them? Is that what you're saying? No. WWE has actually confirmed that they are more of an action reality TV show. All right? But the, um, I mean, and that's kind of what we try to do as public address guys, right? We try to make sure that every single player that comes knows that they're a big deal, right? And so, I mean, we need that long stretch of, of runway for them to come walking down to the court, big lights and smoke show, and then they come down individually and we get to elongate the starting lineups, take 15 minutes to do it. Wouldn't that be great? Sure. And the reason I say sure is because I don't agree, but I saw the excitement <laughs> in your face the we whole time. each one of those a big deal. Imagine, imagine being at Scholastica where the men's team won again last night. And you've got the Ledenkoff brothers at the top of a, a walkway with the lights and the music and whatever song they wanted. And as we announced, Philemon, and he started walking down, Ledenkoff, and the music just goes boom. And it would, wouldn't it be great? That would be so much fun. I would like that because I do remember the little bit that I was forced to watch wrestling because I had friends who liked it with the personalities and the interviews that they had. Just picture the coaches that we know and love so well. Picture talking to Pat Andrews or Steve Petosha and <laughs> have them awesome. going, I'm going to Cloquet, and we're going to light up that barn, and they haven't seen anything yet. And yeah, they haven't seen anything like us right. yet. Section 7A is the hawk <laughs> section, and they uh, don't know what's coming. That's right. That's right. The Section 7A is called the nest for a reason, baby. Right. It's all us. And the Hawks will be a big part of Hockey Day today. They've got a good one. Hermantown and Matamidi. We saw the Hawks a couple times this week. We'll have more on that in just a moment. But you mentioned the Saints. Yeah. Hockey Day's today, but a good hockey night last night. UMD men win. Saints men win. Saints women win. The Saints weren't scored on between the two genders last night. Even Dave's beloved Gophers won twice, albeit once at the expense of the UMD women, but it was a good start to Hockey Day weekend. It really was. And, you know, again, if you if you like fast-paced hockey and, and physical hockey, that Scholastica team is still undefeated in the MIAC, and coming up to see the men's hockey team is a, is a great way to spend an evening, right? Um, and last night, Hamlin's big, strong, fast. They were throwing their bodies all over the place. We have a couple of guys who can score, and that's and that's what happened. We had um, Tyler Hinterser bury uh, a goal that was tic tac and uh, you know he was on the far side and just hammered it home. And then we got an open netter to win it. Hamlin was good because they slowed everything down, but that uh, Sklaska team they they know how to win. And now the women, a four nothing shutout for the women. You know, hopefully they can get a little warm in the second half because the first half wasn't fantastic. We'll see how that goes. First half not being fantastic, also synonymous with the UMD men's hockey team, but they got a big one last night. Anytime you beat the number one team in the country, you did something right. Now, everybody knows I'm going to be happy about that. I have to ask you because you're the resident Gopher fan, mm-hmm. and you kind of smirk at the St. Clouds and North Dakota's the Duluth. No. When they play each other, what do you do? No, I I don't smirk at them. I, I roll a little bit at their fan bases. Um, 
North Dakota deserves that. And UMD is the king of the hill right now, right? I think the fact that uh, St. Cloud State continues to hang into this group is it says a lot about them. But the fact, even I admit, the best coach in Minnesota and, and frankly, the NCAA resides, you know, about six miles from here, right? Uh, and so the fact that Sandlin can get his guys up for a game isn't terribly surprising. The fact that they're going to be better at the end of the year than they are right now, also not surprising. When they get into the tournament, and I think they will, they're going to be one of the most dangerous teams in it. Wow. I'm glad you think they will because it will take quite a run to get there. But perhaps that run started playing well in North Dakota last weekend, having to split, unfortunately. Probably deserved better, but obviously started well this weekend. But again, every coach, specifically in college hockey, when you play back-to-back nights almost every week, especially in the NCHC, every coach will tell you, you're only as good as your next game. That's got to be UMD's mantra throughout. It does. That's the only way they get in. What I'm saying is they have the coach and, frankly, the coaching staff right. that can get them there. I mean, nobody can argue with the fact that this coaching staff that's here is remarkable. They certainly are. We're going to dedicate a lot of time to the sport of hockey today. It is Hockey Day Minnesota. But before we do that, I do want to pay homage, of course, to other sports because I said I will be spending another hockey day in a gym. It's become pretty common for me. There is good basketball today at Duluth East. There's great basketball today at Romano Gymnasium. There's good basketball alumni weekend at St. Scholastica. That includes the Rife. So it's hockey day, but the Hoopsters can get their fill today too. Absolutely. You know, we, again, we talk excitedly about hockey day and sometimes people think that's at the expense of basketball. Not for this guy. It's well, not for either of us, right? right? You know, the basketball programs here in our region and our, you know, besides the, the gopher men's who seem to be struggling quite a bit, the college teams are okay. Right. Um, the high school around us are, is pretty good. And so get a chance to get out to the hardwoods today and, and watch. You know, if they did a basketball day in Minnesota and they went outside with that, that would change hockey players' minds. Boy, it really would. I, and I was thinking about that because I know fans of other sports are going, well, hockey gets an entire day and the state of Minnesota puts everything on TV. Why don't you do that for other sports? Well, the biggest thing is, obviously, this is the state of hockey, yeah. so it speaks for itself. But, it's but the other big thing is, is the unique nature of how the game is played. Now, I don't know a basketball coach that would sign up for this, but yes, if you put basketball outdoors, now you couldn't do it in January and February no. because it just wouldn't work. But outdoor basketball, anybody who's played it in a pickup sense, it's just different. I don't know how basketball could do such a thing. I would be on board for them to have such a day, but I don't know how they could do it and have anything be unique about it. Yeah, there's, but that just takes time to think it through. It does. Right? And, and Maybe so, we should start that committee. Deami Starks would let us, I'm sure. I, I think that I think that would be wise. I think that there's a way to do it. I just don't know what that is. You know, maybe you take it to unique locations. So you know how they the the NCAA does a uh, aircraft carrier game. Well, maybe in Duluth we do an ship game. Do we do it on the Vista? No, Can we, we do that. <laughs> we do it on we do it on, on the Irvin. Yes, we yeah. do it on the Irvin because they've got that open area in the bottom. We just clean it out and bring television cameras, and you do something crazy like that. There's got to be a way to to accomplish this. There you go. Powers that be in the Duluth area, listen to us. We're full of great ideas. We also get great ideas for show content. From our great sponsors, let's say hello to them this morning. Absolutely. OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May, who we'll talk to in a little bit here, Brian. Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Brian Bement Mortgages, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota, which you can reach at KohlerToyota.com, and Kohler Hyundai at KohlerHyundai.com, Stewart's Bikes, Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, The Original, Arola Architecture Studio, and Hoops Brewing. So we are always... So grateful for our sponsors. And we have different levels of sponsorship in terms of how long they've been with us. And when we talk about the phrase different levels, that's something that you and I use quite a bit in sports, Dave Cook. And usually we're referring to Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, prep, professional, what have you. Yeah. What I love about both of us, and we're going to tie it into Hockey Day today, is the level doesn't really matter. You and I have a passion for it no matter what. Yep. Proof positive was the car ride here this morning because... We started talking about your night last night with college hockey. We talked about the Timberwolves, professional basketball, getting a nice win last night. Talked about what we're both doing today. We have high school games right after this. The passion for each level is obvious. And with hockey, we're going to have some fun on Hockey Day. What's our best memory by level? Yeah, but before before we just jump into that, I want to add that yes, an example of this is yesterday I found out that Harbor City has a basketball program as well. I didn't know Harbor City School had a basketball program. How cool is it that that program, that sport, is going into a school that you don't really, you know, you don't put those two together, sports and Harbor City. It's super cool that it's happening. We need to know more about that as well. Absolutely. You can find a lot of different sports at different levels. But again, if you ask most Minnesotans what today is, 
It's Hockey Day yes. in Minnesota, and the local wrinkle, of course, will be Hermantown. Taking on Matamidi, the last time these two teams met in a very, very meaningful game. Oh, there was a movie made about it, and unfortunately, <laughs> the Matamidi goaltender, Ben Dardis, in my opinion, literally stole the championship from the Hermantown Hawks, which, of course, they eventually got last season against War Road. Can you make the argument that that's, that uh, uh, state tournament, those three games that Matamidi had, that Dardis might have had the best series as a goaltender? Series wise, series wise, I think so because you know Carl Gehring fans will go wait a minute, but that's more or less the game against East, not the right. entirety of the tournament. Right. I think so. I think you know we always talk about John Carlson loves this. If he's listening, he's he's drooling right now over this topic of conversation. He's interpreting dancing, right? This is orgasmic topic for yes. him. But at the same time, you know goalies, you talk about can they steal one? I'm not sure Ben Dardis didn't steal three. Yeah, no, I agree. He was just a wall. I mean that you didn't have a shot when he was in there, and and Hermantown. That was a very, very, very good hockey team, and he beat them too. It's interesting when you said didn't have a shot because we had Hermantown twice this week on our airwaves. They shut out two teams, Superior 11-0, Proctor 7-0, and both teams against Hermantown didn't have very many shots. All due respect to Dane Calloway and Garen Upsall, but you sometimes forget they're back there. Well, you forget they're back there, and and because they're not seeing a lot of shots, the ones they see – they have to be ready for it. I was going to say, be, you're intrigued by today because you think Matamidi could at least mount some sort of offense oh, against Hermantown. Oh, they will. 100%. But that that Proctor game we saw, I think Hermantown fans should feel real good about that. And I know you'd, you'd think, oh, they put 50 shots on goal. Why should they feel good about that? Because the first two periods, your team won very good. Um, it was 4 nothing, and Proctor uh, was even with shots of them in the second period. And Hermantown didn't look all that good. But that third period, that third period, they look like the Hermantown teams, like the one that played Dardis uh, in the state tournament. And if that team shows up today, uh, Matamida is going to have all they can handle and more. That that third period, that Hermantown team, they brought it to the net. A.J. Uh, Ryalt is a really good goalie. They just Definitely. pounded A.J. Ryalt in the third period. Yeah, it certainly did. Fatigue was a factor all around for Hermantown opponents. I would think even with an upgrade in opponent to Matamidi today, that's that's kind of Pat Andrews' goal. Yep. Can my crew just kind of grind a team down? Because we can talk about that we forget the goaltenders are back there. All due respect to Topher Davis. We'll never forget that one who wore a Hermantown sweater. But the decor, we gave the entirety of the decor, the number two star back on Thursday night. They're all good. They were ex- Easterbrook's goal uh, against Proctor. I mean, nobody saw that go in. We just saw the goaltender throw his arms up in the air like, I can't believe we missed that one. That was an absolute bomb right i felt like pa when he says so he doesn't call a kick wrong anymore because he had that faux pas in arizona he just waits for the official signal that was one of the times where i actually looked for the referee's arm to be pointing down like yes we have a goal because don't blink it was out again but peterson was great um we talk a lot about barker was a lot about barker i mean he just does what he does george peterson like you said peterson played uh you know when it's when you see smart hockey there was a, a ring around that A.J. Ryles, you know, kind of got lazy on, and the, the Hermantown guy just kind of flicked it up the line exactly where Peterson was. Right. He made the pass that ended up in the goal. But well, and Weston Bowman is new to that crew, and I, I know his dad rather well, so it was fun to call that name, but the amount of times that you call the name of the fifth and sixth defenseman was impressive too. Yeah, no, Hermantown's defensive core was really good. You know, Proctor's that Pavlovich kid, though. I mean, yep. he came. Carson Pavlovich was he came maybe the best white play. sweater not playing goaltender that night. Yeah, he came to play. He was physical, made a lot of really smart plays. I mean, the defensive game in the one we watched, granted the score was was out of line. It's because of the third period. Hermantown played like the state championship team. Um, but both teams showed pretty well. Absolutely. So we saw Superior and Proctor take on Hermantown this week. This week coming up. We have Superior at Proctor. That'll be the next game that we cover. That'll be Thursday on these airwaves. So lots of prep hockey players still looking to make memories in their prep season. Let's go to our memories because it's Hockey Day in Minnesota, so we're going to go hockey by level. And this will be interesting because you played before. I did not. But I went to Duluth East during the golden era of East Hockey where they went to state every year. There's actually a, a written document. It's not a blog. It's not a book. But there's a written document out there that is several pages long that literally refers to it as the golden era of East Hockey. And then I've been a broadcaster long enough. I've got some memories there too. So let's start at the high school level. Yeah, well, let's let's do that because there's there's some memories that sometimes are really good and sometimes aren't all that good. Um, That's just it because I said best, which probably means you remember it well. Not necessarily was it good or bad. Yeah, that best Marshall team uh, that came through with the Connellys and and all that. Um, watching them tear through a schedule. Um, you know the faux pas that I've been public with with Little Falls and you know how the 
the home team for me um, in all these years has become Marshall, right? right? Because I've worked there, and yet there's still a draw from the home team. And when they played each other, having you know one side or the other come in, you know, crap talk me. I was going to say they chirped you a bit. Yeah, I got chirped by a basketball coach who said he'd if he ever went to a hockey game, held frozen over, and then I he showed up at the game, and I said, oh, I wonder what hell's like right now. But um, and then he said we're going to trounce Marshall, and I kind of rolled my eyes and said, "You guys need to keep this under double digits." And um, that team in the championship game against against Hermantown, I mean, that championship game was like two great big. That was a slugfest, and Hermantown pulled it out late. Um, that was that was one of those that was memorable. The a lot of the memories for me are the little instances. So like that green that that. Uh, East Grand Forks team that ended up beating Hermantown in the right. state tournament. I remember that. So when Tucker Pullman pulled pulled aside a freshman, and I don't remember the freshman's name, and he had made a bad penalty late in one of the periods, and he pulled him into the penalty box and kind of pushed him against the glass, and he said, if you want to win, that never happens again, ever. And the coach looked at it, and he walked away because Tucker Pullman had that thing all taken care of. he took of. care of the message for you. Yep. As a high school student, for me, it goes year by year because, again, all four years I was at East, they were at the state tournament. My freshman year, I guess I can admit this now because even if my coach is listening, he probably doesn't care, but I was a student manager for the basketball team for all four years, okay? And our playoff stretch is parallel with the state tournament, yep. which meant the basketball team was not in attendance at the state tournament very often. But I was just a manager, and that's a phrase I never used after my freshman year because I felt important thanks to the program making me feel important as a student manager. But as many times as the players would get in trouble for skipping out on a practice or leaving town and hoping they'd make it back in time for a practice. In 1994, I had to get to that Duluth East Bloomington Jefferson semifinal. Jefferson won that year, but Duluth East gave them everything they could handle. And then the next year, my sophomore year, yes, they won it all with the Spihar penalty shot, all that, but blanking Bloomington Jefferson five, nothing. We have the t-shirts to commemorate that. Yeah. And how about the, uh, what was it? 2000 and, 12, 2013, when they played Edina. And when Edina got announced, it was loud. And then every other person in 19,000 seats went nuts when East right. was introduced. When Ash Altman finished it with a breakaway, you would think that it was a Duluth East home game at yep. the XL Energy Center. Yep. No, that was that was cool. I mean, there's so many memories of youth hockey when, uh, like, Butch Williams and, right. and uh, John Marmon would coach against each other. And Marmon always had these small little teams, and Brazzarall was on those teams, and he would just squirt water in their mouths the whole time. And Butch Williams' teams were always super aggressive, and Marky was really good. Right. And, uh, you know, watching those kids bloom, watching Toninato grow, I mean, those were all fun. You know, watching Forbert play right. against Falk and with Falk in the summer, I mean, those are the kind of memories that are fun. Well, and then 96 for me, there was a documentary made about the game, the Apple Valley five overtime yep. loss, where, you know, Matt Latour will still contend he was a year ahead of me at Duluth East that he bleeping scored and he didn't use words like bleeping back then. He was a high character guy. So when he said that, everybody thought he was right. But again, it was the Carl Gehring show and Apple Valley went on to win the state tournament, but the semi was the game everybody talked about. Then my senior year, the Greyhounds lost one game. It was the championship game, one nothing to Edina. Yeah, no, the our we've been really lucky to watch um high school hockey in our region. Right. I mean, when we started watching, Eveleth was still, you know, a big deal. Like, Eveleth would beat teams. And at the end, Eveleth... Actually, that's not true. At the end, Eveleth was pretty good, too. But there was times there in the middle where they didn't matter. Right. And uh, When I started watching, it was guys like uh, Bergliot and then eventually Langenbrenner. Cloquet was the problem when I started becoming interested. Yep. Cloquet Cloquet was a problem. I mean, just think how things have changed over time. And and that's the fun part of it. I right. mean, Rapids was absolutely dominant for a period of time. Then they'd slow down a little bit, and they'd have the next family come through and be absolutely dominant. Yep. The ebbs and flows of yep. high school hockey without question. I mentioned Cloquet being a problem. The first game I remember, well, not the first game, but the first season, I remember being a huge fan was Rusty Fitzgerald scoring the goal, beating Adam Pavlotis to send East and Mike Randolph to his first tourney in 91. To this day, I was too short, and the entire deck was standing. I never saw it go in. I just saw everybody <laughs> else's reaction. But then as a broadcaster, I have tons of memories, but you look like you want to interject first. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, the other team in town that we haven't talked about yet. I mean, Denfeld's team three years ago, when it was the McClures and Andy Larson was just coming in, that team was good. Now, what their biggest problem is, they had the monolith at the end of the end of the seven single A, where they had to beat Hermantown, and that, those were also some of Hermantown's best teams. 
But that Denfeld team even recently had had a really nice push that it was good to see. They have been a little bit better than we were used to seeing in the past 20 years or so. Still longing for the Rob Stauber era to return because Rob Stauber, John Michalesi, those were that was goaltender high school. If we have goaltender yeah. U, that was goaltender high school back in the 80s, but Denfeld hasn't been able to get back to the tournament since then. But as a broadcaster, speaking of the tournament, I remember you telling me in the first one that I ever got to go to, Hermantown and East were both there. And I remember you texting me, are you going to be able to take a breath tonight? Because you're still learning this hockey broadcasting thing, which years later, I'll still contend that that's still true. But you said it's your first year as a play-by-play guy, and, and you're calling your, your alma mater yep. in a state championship game. Yep. No, that's – and that – I mean, I've not been able to do that, right? Right. Um, and now that I would actually get a chance to do that, the team that I follow has got a ways to go. And so I can't imagine what that had to be like having covered Hermantown and being there with Topher – and, and seeing them in the state tournament and then knowing that your alma mater was coming up earlier in your career. I mean, the, the cool thing is, and, and this is behind the scenes stuff, that when Hermantown scored, you know, Topher used to do a little jig. Yeah. He was very neutral on the, on the call, right? He gave both teams credit. Um, but, you know, there's a little extra. Yeah. And behind the scenes, there's a little extra when he scores. Oh, yeah. But it's nonverbal, but it's there, right? But you're also really good at playing at playing both sides yeah. uh, when you're announcing. In fact, to the point where we got tweeted at one time, could you give East a little more credit? And I went, clearly, you don't understand who you're talking to. <laughs> right, exactly. That was the one where it was like that guy just wants Denfeld to win, and we both looked at each other like Dave did that yeah, dog. And that was very interesting. But I'll say this: the state championship game suddenly just became part of the equation because after East making it in that first tournament, Hermantown has made it. Every single year, except for the COVID year where they didn't have really their varsity team available and Dodge County took them all right away. Otherwise, being part of calling state championship games for a relatively young, in terms of experience, play-by-play hockey guy, that's been awesome for me. Here's my my favorite Hermantown story has nothing to do at the arena. I mean, it did. That's how it played out. But I remember when Hermantown was, okay, they were good, right? But uh, Ted Keefett. Uh, a friend of the show and friend of the, the broadcast just the other day, um, he came and said, you know, this Hermantown has this kid named Lanetto that's coming up and he's going to be the guy that turns the program around because he's that good. And so watching Lanetto grow up a little bit and then play for Hermantown and then Ted proved to be right because after him is when, you know, Hermantown really blossomed into what we're seeing now. Absolutely. So you mentioned memories just because you remember them well doesn't necessarily mean things went well. Yeah. I have to go back to being a broadcaster in the first season for me. We talked about the state tournament, but before you get there, you got to handle the section final. And I handled both section finals about as poorly as a broadcaster can because the very first one, Hermantown beat Greenway in overtime, but it didn't look like overtime was going to be forced. Greenway scored a goal with about 0.6 seconds to go. And I wanted to get... I wanted to get that end of game call. Congratulations to the section champs. I wanted to nail that and have a memorable line. So I'm counting down and about to say the Hermantown Hawks are going back to state. And I got that out of my mouth. And I wonder why all these green jerseys are going crazy. And Topher's pointing like he didn't say it on the air, but he's like, I think that went off a skate and in. So talk about the biggest blunder of, oh, just kidding. We're going to an extra session. And then it was the next night where East won it in overtime and you would have think that I won the Powerball. So much for being, so much for being unbiased. I'll tell you the mo- the wor- my worst memory is one that I still get teased by with referees. There's there's one great the big, shortest overtime in yes, Mars history. There's one great big um, difference between college and high school. And I had done a college game the day before, and that's overtime. And in high school, it's eight minutes, and in college, it's five. But in the middle of a Hermantown uh, Marshall, Marshall game, game one, one hockey game where things have just been super fast, the officials and the guy keeping the scoreboard need to talk. And um, I just went with five minutes because that's what I'd done the night before. And George Grannis is on a breakaway to win, to end the game. George could play, right? That game was over and the horn went off. And I've, I haven't felt, I still, to this day, you can see, I don't have any answer for it. It's just awful well and again things that all tie in together i was covering that game with topher in my first year of doing radio play-by-play for high school hockey and i said boy i thought it was eight but i'm new to this you know doing game coverage so i'm gonna roll with whatever's up there and i didn't say anything about it and the horn sounded and we have a tie and then talk to you afterwards and it was oh man i can't believe i did that so 
We have a plethora of high school memories, but we've got to get to two more levels in about yeah. five, ten minutes. All right. College, you get to see college hockey just about every weekend. You must have a bevy of memories. Yeah, you know, and some of them, again, the memories are less about games in this case and more about moments. Same, same. You know, I remember when, uh, I think it was uh, Kyle Cash got hit in the ear with a slap shot and and just how everybody reacted. Um, you know, when Scla- so when I started, right, Scholastica was bad. Like, everybody that there would say the same thing. Like, it's maybe the worst college hockey team I've ever seen. So, I mean, we used to kill penalties behind our own box or behind our own goal. <laughs> like we would do stick handling and stick handling and it'd be like five, four, three, two, make a pass. Um, but this uh, watching them grow, you know, when coach wick got there, right. You know, they, they kind of settled down when the kid from um, St. Norbert's came and we, we went from being a team that was solid um, and just not winning to a team of goons. And, and it was, it was fun to watch, right? Because it was super active and, Gordy Burnett is still a friend of mine, and and all this was fun to watch. But you know that's what they were. Uh, and then once you know Mark Wick made them respectable, and guys like Sean Bartlett came in right. and, and made a set of tone. And and since you know it's Timmy Matson, and right now with Dave Williams, um, Kevin who was there for a year, Kevin Moore for a year. You know you've seen a different level of expectation. So when they don't win now, it's like Ugh. right. Um, but well, the, tell like, that to a Bulldog fan because I'll take my turn here in a moment. The like, expectations have changed. But how about Jackie McMillan yeah. starting out a program with nothing and turning it into a team that you expected to win every night? Um, and then there was a period when the when the Swiss, Swiss kids were here uh, and Scholastica women were a dominant team. Then there was a quiet year, and then Rachel Anderson's team came in. And, you know, you just expected wins. And now they're in a little bit of lull while Julianne gets her, you know, footing when it comes to recruiting and things. But even now, because of the expectations in the past, you look at it and you say, oh, they lost. You just, that college hockey is the rotation of people that's so interesting. All right. So that left me almost no time. So on air production I'll meeting, be quiet. close circuit to Dave Hoops. We're going to push him to 1035 versus 1030. So Dave can come on back to the mic. So instead of me having 75 seconds, I have closer to seven minutes. All right, you go. Because we got to get to college hockey and pro still for our Hockey Day memories in honor of Hockey Day Minnesota. College, for me, you talked about expectations changing, and you were talking about it with the Saints. Like I said, tell that to a Bulldog fan who went from hopefully we get home ice to national titles are just a thing now, and this year has been a little different, and like you've said, fans aren't handling it particularly well. But for me, it goes to two facets of life where I was a Bulldog season ticket holder. Once as a young kid where that involved my dad carrying me fireman style up the uh, Duluth arena stairwell to sit in the nosebleeds and chant leave Skeeter alone and be fascinated by the maroon loon and be stoked because Brian Johnson scored and Brian Johnson has the same first name that I do <laughs> versus, you know, watching the Connellys put on a show sitting in the hoity toity seats at Amsoil, just different. Oh yes. A hundred percent as we've grown and developed. Um, but I, th- I think you're right. I think that, um, watching UMD go from an afterthought to a team that you had to respect, right? To a you know a national dominant program, and and I'll make the argument in the last six seven years, the program in the country um, has been it's such a fascinating thing to watch. And again, it's the player progression as it goes through. My team watching them go from when I was a kid. There's no question that that was right. that was Alabama right. football. I only used to hate the Gophers because I wanted to be them. Yeah, they were Alabama football. And then all of a sudden, and I've told you this, and I think I've said it over the air, as soon as the pipeline to East went away <laughs> is when the Gophers kind of started falling apart. You know, they, they didn't have Nick Angel anymore. They, they weren't able to go get the guys uh, just to make their team better. And so they had this big lull where, uh, you know, Donnie would – bring in, you know, six superstars and they couldn't play their positions, right? They, they all didn't, couldn't play in a first line. So they struggled as a fourth liner. Right. Uh, and now the Mots goes there, they're kind of coming back to where they, that level of dominance that we were used to. It is interesting because a couple Don't things, Michigan state, a lot of bulldog fans are probably going, well, wait a minute. How are you not having UMD's first national title as this vivid, tremendous memory for you? And personally for me, I'll tell you why. Anybody who's listened to this show with any length to their listenership knows what a baseball fan I am and knows that the NCAA championship game in hockey is very synonymous calendar-wise with the opening of baseball. So during UMD's first championship game, which was just miles from me in St. Paul, 
I was watching the first three game series of the twin season. So I was sitting just above the first base dugout watching the twins lose a one run game. So it was close enough to hold my attention, but they have scoreboard updates in the right field corner of target field and had the championship game up all night long. So home plate was to my left and the UMD score was to my right. I spent a lot of a baseball game looking the wrong direction for baseball fans. Staring at second base right, right. Of, uh, the Snow Angel is a big deal to me. After the game winning Kyle Schmidt, goal. Yeah. Yep, Hermantown's own Kyle yep, Schmidt. That's one of those memories that surround the game. I mean, you know how you know how I think. I don't remember um, people. I remember instances. And that instance was one of those that yeah. stick in, indelibly in my mind. The ironic part is I said I was going to the first three-game series of the Twin season that year. The next day because they had just been in St. Paul, the entire UMD championship team was at the Twins game and got to throw out the first pitch, et cetera. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty cool as and well. And then I'll close with this college memory because my first college, I'm a UWS grad, but my first university choice that I went to for two years was Winona State. Now that's in the southeast corner of Minnesota. Newsflash, they don't really care about hockey. <laughs> for me to sit in my dorm room during the state tournament or college playoffs, they were like, why? Well, UMD was playing Minnesota in a first-round WCHA series. And the Bulldogs had this epic comeback in 97 or 98 to beat the Gophers. Screaming alone in my dorm room, nobody understood what I was so excited about. <laughs> no, that's, that's very true. It's interesting when you're around people that don't understand what it is you're so excited about. You know, I'm married to one of those people. Love her to death, but she watches a game at, at, because there's really either nothing else to do or the commercials in between are the reason that she watches. Right. So but your I wife, get, but your wife segues nicely into professional hockey because she loves Nino. She does. Nino is one of the best professional memories, is it not? Yeah, polishing off the abs. Yep. Let's talk about that Avalanche game. But you know, even the Cal Clutterbuck trade to get him uh, was a big deal because Nino is one of those reclam- reclamation projects that every team wants to have right. a top five draft pick that is underachieved, and now you bring him in, and and so watching him grow was a big deal and watching Dana walk by shaking her head going need a writer need a writer need a writer was kind of funny. You knew she was well. at least pseudo into it. She's trying to figure out who her new person on the wild is. She thinks wow. it's Zuccarello. I think you are too. So there's the Nino goal, there's the brunette no, goal, there's of course the right. sprawling goal by Mikhail Granlin as well. Yep. But I go back further because it can't be all about the wild. I grew up in the North Stars era, so did you. Yeah. My first etched memory is basically Al Shaver because not mm. a lot of North Stars teams were on the air TV wise. So I went to bed or was supposed to go to bed as a kid many times with the radio on quiet enough where I wouldn't get in trouble listening to Al Shaver, Herb Carneal. I always had sports on too late. My parents can test to that. that that's why I got in trouble a lot. Yeah, Who's no laughing doubt. now? I remember growing up and absolutely loving Bobby Smith. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Smith was the, the player that was above all the fighting, right? And then... And then probably one of the first indelible memories uh, is the line brawl they had, I believe, with Chicago when even Bobby Smith was throwing haymakers and, and all of that and how gassed up that got you for the, for the entire series. And, yeah, those North Star teams were fun. I remember when they drafted Madonna right after they drafted Brian Lawton, number right. one, a couple years before. Lawton was a complete bust, and Madonna was in the Hall of Fame. You know what it proves? High school, college, or NHL – a lot of classic moments with the state of hockey. Yep, absolutely. More to come today. Hockey Day, Minnesota, Hermantown, Matamidi among the matchups. We're just getting started. We'll talk to our resident hockey guru. Dave Hoops is next. Sprinkling a little beer talk as well. Northland Sports Page. Stick around. We'll be right back. Little Casey and the Sunshine Band. That's the way. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. I'll tell you what. Every Saturday, that's the way I like it. I love doing this show. Northland Sports Page. 10 to noon each and every Saturday. Dave Cook, we've always said it's therapeutic and it's fun. I think every Saturday that is absolutely true. But it's nothing without our great sponsors. Absolutely. The Blackwoods Group, Brian Brevent Mortgages with Supreme Lending, Moan Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Avenue Avenue 45, I said that, Brian, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing. So nice, you said it twice. Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, Arola Architecture Studio, and Hoops Brewing. Hoops Brewing, with that, you know what time it is. By the way, it's 1037, but it's also time for Dave Hoops. He's with us each and every Saturday. Good morning once again, sir. Always a pleasure to hear your voice. How are you? I'm very good. How are you guys? It's a good show so far. Doing well. Happy Hockey Day to you. You and I were talking just during the break there that you really enjoyed that segment because you have no shortage of great hockey memories yourself. Yeah, it is true. We've got, you know, I waited a really long time 
for two sets of tickets, one for me, I think it was like 12 years, and then eight more years for Finn. And we're, uh, we're just off the glass, we're one, uh, section 101, I think, down at the X. And we go pretty much every year, and we got to go to many, many East uh, tournament games, that, that epic team from 2011. That's the game I remember the most, Kyle Rowley. Kyle Rowley, yep. Hammered on. Well, uh, Olsen just crushed him over and over and over. Then he supermanded to win in the third overtime. That was that was a remarkable game. Never forget that one. No question it was. I'm relieved to hear you say that you waited a long time to get those tickets to the state tournament. Because when you first said you waited a long time, I thought it was to get to your segment today. We apologize <laughs> yeah, for the uh, that, plethora of hockey memories that we shared. Thank you for your patience. Oh, yeah, no problem at all. It's Hockey Day. I, I love listening to it. You can put me back anytime for that. There you go. So Hockey Day in Minnesota, always a big deal. Big deal for the Hermantown Hawks Day. They'll take on Matamidi. Hermantown's been rolling, and I think they're a victim of their own expectations because some will say that, well, this year's team's different. They've got two losses and a tie. What's wrong with them? The answer is not much. But they're going to play a pretty good team today in Matamidi. Are you looking forward to that? I am. Um, I'm still really impressed. You know, a week or two ago, they did the, you know, the East hockey, you know, youth hockey fights cancer thing. Right. And Hermantown played East and showed up with the purple jerseys. It was a sharp look and a good game, too. Um, I think that was the Pee Wee game, uh, which was really fun to watch. And I haven't watched a lot of youth hockey in a while. So that was a, a good memory. And I don't really have a problem with Hermantown. I wish they would have been double A when we were playing, but who doesn't? You know, in the meantime, I'm going to be rooting for him today. It's going to be fun. It's always fun for me, and we're going to talk to Justin May about this in the second hour as well, but it's always fun for me to see the communities really show out in how they play host to this. Duluth did a great job. Hermantown did a great job. It sure looks like White Bear Lake or White Bear Lake Township, but I don't want the rivalry to get after me. <laughs> it looks like they're going to do a fine job. Isn't that half the fun, whether you love hockey or not, just to see what the communities do? Yeah, it was a really great. Remember, it was 40-some-odd degrees when yes. we hosted. It was remarkable. It was, like, summerish out there, and it was slushy. And then but it was still really fun. And then Rapids when it was, like, 45 below, right? Right, and right. I think the game in Duluth, because it was so warm, didn't they have to have the teams change ends halfway through the third period so both teams had equal chance at the quality ice? I think that was East Lakeville North back then. Well, and, and how about Hermantown in the rain? Right. right? We, did, uh, we did the first, the 2010 um, game was in the rain for Hermantown. It was in the rain for Den or for Marshall. And then when the when the Northern Stars played, it was snowing to beat the band. We had huge lake effect snow. Well, what did we learn from this? Everybody in Minnesota tends to know when it's Hockey Day, in Minnesota. Clearly, Mother Nature does not. Correct. She misses the memo more than a few times. Correct. That is a hundred percent true. So it's a big weekend for hockey. Again, Dave Cook and I talked about it. it's a big weekend for basketball too. You can go to UMD. You can go to Saint Scholastica. You can go to an area high school. I'll be at Duluth East later today. There's plenty of good sports to see and talk about today, but a lot of eyes, Dave Hoops, will be on the NFL tomorrow. Conference championships, we've got some good ones. Eagles, Niners, and then also Chiefs, Bengals. You've always got football opinions. What do you got for tomorrow? Uh, I'm actually looking forward to tomorrow's uh, NFC game. Um, I'm not a big Eagles fan, but I'm a really uh, big fan of this game. Really, you've got the two best defenses in the game. Uh, You've got Hurts, who's fun to watch you've got the rookie um i uh i think it's going to be it's going to live up to the hype i i'm going to pick the niners even though i'm generally wrong um 34 31 uh, and i'm not going to you know anoint purdy as the next big thing yet but uh i think mccaffrey is going to be uh you know what what he's scored in like nine straight games or something I, i'm not sure the stat but it, it's uh he's the real deal and Nothing like seeing a really good defensive game, even though I just put 70 points on the board. We'll I was, <laughs> was going to say, Dave, if, if the Niners score 34 points, they are 100% winning this football game. Here's the thing. Who says you won't see a defensive touchdown in there with these two talented defenses? Uh, 100% agree, but holy cow, if they score 34 points, I don't I'm, think Philly can score 30 points against the Niners defense. Well, here's the thing. Dave, oops, I'm not going to squash your high points. That's fine. But what about the running games of both these teams? That takes a while to score. That could just bring the proverbial over-under down as well. Well, what is it, 46? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I thought I it was a little a, bit over. Even with yeah. those two defenses, I thought 46 was a little low. Because let's yeah. say it ends up let's say it ends up 27 to 20. You're over. You're at 47. And I don't think 27 20 is unheard of. Vegas is well, smart. Have, um, Vegas I always knows. It's strange. Well, they do. They do. But what do you guys think? Uh, I'm curious. Well, I think the difficulty for me, and again, I'm going to discuss this with Justin May in hour number two as well. It's it's 
what do you want versus what do you got? Because I think if I had money on it, I might take the Eagles because I lean towards home teams. But I really, 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 really want San Francisco to win this game. And I and I'm not a San Francisco guy at all. But I don't think I don't think the score is going to be high because San Francisco's defense is dynamite. But we talk about San Francisco's defense and we forget the defense that had the most pressure, the right. highest test one, is actually Philadelphia. Philadelphia's. Yeah, I think that's a great point. But I want to switch gears really quick because obviously the NFC game has younger quarterbacks or newer quarterbacks. Hertz is still relatively new to the position and Brock Purdy, nobody knew who he was six weeks ago. But the other game, the AFC game, a couple of studs playing quarterback. Patrick Mahomes has probably been the best of the best over the last half decade. And Joe Burrow's got a chance to quietly go to back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's the next coming of Joe, but um, I really like his demeanor. I like his coolness factor. I like how he's quietly made himself part of the conversation. He's a, he's a fun guy to watch. I'm picking KC. I just think that um, they're making too big of a deal out of the fact that Burrow's beaten them three times. Uh, it's going to be a close game. I, I call it a two-point game. Um, and uh, I don't really have a giant rooting interest there. Um, you know, you got to give Cincy a lot of credit, but they also came into the back door. They got draft picks. They got a rookie quarterback contract. They have money to spend, and they've done a beautiful job with it. Whereas KC is just a juggernaut, and I'm sure Mahomes will be ready. And uh, 32-30, I'm guessing, that's my pick there. That's what I love about your picks. There's nothing that is not specific about it. I love how deep you go. (laughs) Speaking of specific, Dave Cook, you've got a specific question as we play our weekly game with Dave Hoops. Yeah, no, Hockey Day in Minnesota kind of – Got me to uh, to a point where I had an actual question and I asked Brian and, and he wasn't quite sure. So I'm going to throw it out here publicly. Ready? All right. Dave, life's on the line. Who takes the penalty shot to save you and or who's in goal to save you? It can be anybody, anytime, anywhere. Yep. Dead or alive. Dead or active alive. Active player or retired player. Yep. Um, all right. Well, um, even though I don't love him, I'm going to let Mario take the penalty uh, shot. That's a good one. He's, he just delivers, you know. I still remember what he did to the Stars before, you know, Norm Green ripped them away from me, um, all of us. Yeah. And then in the goalie, I like Brodeur. I just liked his style. I like, I like him a lot. All right, Dave Cook, I'm going to let you go first with who you got because I wasn't sure, but I've got my picks. But you also posed this question to me differently. You said baseball. Yep. You know, who do you want pitching? Who do you want hitting? What's the matchup you want to see? This is different versus who do you want saving you in both ends. So I've got answers, but since this is your question, I'm curious about you. Yeah, had. I'm going with Dominic Hasek in, uh, in net. Then it's going to make for terrible radio because oh. uh, me as well. That's that's the guy. He's, <laughs> he's the aggressive one. If I have to have money on a guy or my life on the guy, that's the guy I'm picking. Um, so I'm going to risk it all on, on Fedorov. Wow. Um, because Ooh, when he nice. when he was uh, active, there was just nobody that seemed to have more will uh, to win. The other guy I was going to say was Denny Savard from way back with the Blackhawks, but um, Fedorov was just that guy, you know? I think that's fairly true. Now, you ruined part of mine because, again, we're in agreement, and that doesn't make for the best radio, and it's also kind of rare. <laughs> but Dominic Hasek was who I was going with in the Nets as well. Now, there was a time between when the North Stars left and the Wild arrived that most of my pro hockey following was a result of playing NHL video games a lot. And if you based it on that, everybody who's played NHL 94, 95, et cetera, you want Jeremy Roenick on a breakaway because he's going to bury it for you. But, yeah, that's a good one. But I don't think the video games were always true. I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit because on a penalty shot, you've got a lot of suspense as they walk right in, okay? And if you look at today's penalty shots, sometimes they really literally do. walk right in, and I hate that. But I'm going to take some of the suspense away. I'm not going to make you wait until he's right up the goal mouth. I'm going to take Ovechkin because he's just going to wind up and blow it by you from 30 feet anyway. That's that or Brian well. Ralston in that style. Yeah, no, I just think it's fascinating. And we'll do this with other sports as time goes on. You know, life on the line. Because there are so many good ones. But when you have to make a decision, who jumps to mind first? No doubt. So we'll have some fun with that with the other major sports in weeks to come. But Dave Hoops, I don't want to talk about life on the line. But I want to talk about making life better. When I go to Hoops Brewing, my life just tends to get better. What's going on at the brewery these days? Well, some really good stuff. You know, um, as the uh, month ends, a lot of people, uh, you know, it, it's not great for the businesses, but the dry January thing. So we've got a whole lot of NA options that are pretty darn good. And we've got a bunch of new loggers coming out of Maybach, a Pilsner, 
Uh, we've got our 48 IPA still uh, running on all cylinders, which is the Hophead's dream. And uh, we've got our very first uh, long-age barrel-age sour beer, a Belgian beer. Very rare, very tasty, very unique, and um, limited supply. And then I just got tabbed to um, judge the World Beer Cup again, which is a nice. major honor to me. Yeah, so I get to go down to Nashville and do that in a couple months. And I'm, I'm proud to admit it, even though I want to be humble about it but it's a it's a really cool thing so and we're having a really great weekend because we've got hockey wall to wall ladies men's big win last night yep all good in the hood yeah absolutely without question now i gotta say this going down to smashville to judge a beer competition what could go wrong that sounds like (laughs) the party that everybody wants an invite to yeah well i like that hot chicken Uh, oh yeah nashville hot is a pretty good menu item yeah yeah you're absolutely right and then I got to put the uh, Aaron Cook feelers out there because, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it the first Wednesday of every month? That's the speed dating, and Wednesday's February 1st, right? Correct. Yep, that is happening Wednesday night. Uh, I guess there's quite a bit of excitement about that. I hope some young or older folks can, you know, meet somebody. Yeah, rock and roll. It'll be Wednesday night, every Wednesday of the first of the month, or the first Wednesday of the month going forward. Absolutely got to love that. And, of course, every Wednesday there's ping pong opportunities as well. That's music to my ears. And then I've got to ask, it's hockey day, and Rink Rad has always been one of your more popular beers. Do you expect to really go through that today, just in honor of the day itself? I hope so. You know, like like I always mentioned, we give money to Daha from sales, and, you know, we're on our, we make two batches this season. That basically gets us through the hockey season. So we're about halfway through our second one, which usually we want to get into deep February, right around state time, you know, early March. So, yeah, we should go through a lot of it. And, you know, hockey people tend to like that beer. It's light, easy to drink, um, you know, goes down well. No question about it. Dave Hoops, we're bumping you out with a song called Best Friend. You've definitely become one of the best friends of the show. Have yourself a great weekend. Let's talk again next week. Yeah, I can't wait. You guys have a good rest of your show. And Thanks, a good Dave. Day. You too, Dave Hoops. That is Dave Hoops of Hoops Brewing, one of our illustrious sponsors. We love him. Last week, we had a dance party. This is one of those songs that you can dance to anytime you want. We had a dance party courtesy of the Gophers. It's the Bulldogs' turn. We'll talk <laughs> to their coach. Stick around. We'll be right back. We are downtown. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Um, but nobody's treating me like the mayor. I don't know if that's Thank good or goodness, bad these right. days. But <laughs> welcome back to the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Happy to bring you the Northland Sports Page each and every week. And we are able to do it. Thank you to our terrific sponsors once again. Yes, Hoops Brewing. We just had a chance to talk to Dave. And he let us know what's going on down there uh, over the next week. Uh, today It's going to be fantastic. OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Brian Bement Mortgages with Supreme Lending, Mountain Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Incline Station, and Arola Architecture Studio. So again, we thank all of our sponsors for enabling us to do this each and every Saturday. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook on the Northland Sports page. And Dave, we play a lot of good music on this show, and that was a good example, bumping in with Fly Is Me. You and I tend to do a little dancing, one of those times that I'm glad that radio is not a visual medium, but we do get into the music a little bit. But we also last week discussed a little bit of dance. Yeah, we did. And, you know, Brian and I are trying to get into interpretive dance now. So when the songs come on, we're trying to tell a story as well. Right. I believe in the business they call that lyrical, but I'm not oh, sure. Oh, they do? All right. Yeah. So that just showed my age a little bit. I tell you, Brian, one of the things that over the time that we've had a chance to focus a little bit more on high school and college dance is the energy and athleticism and the time and the desire and the heart right. that goes into it. Like every other sport we love. And so it's been fun to see Minnesota have such great uh, results. And so it's going to be fun to talk to Coach. I'm glad you mentioned the results because there are a lot of sports that we love. And in Minnesota, there's a lot of misery when it comes to the results, particularly at the pro level. But at the high school and collegiate level, the state of hockey, yes, we are. But the state of dance, as I said last week, yes, we should be because we talked about the Gophers National Championship. And today, Bulldogs fans, it is your turn. Head Coach Allie Mackner is with us. Congratulations, National Champion Allie Mackner. How are you this morning? Good. Thanks for having me. We are really proud of these girls. 
Absolutely, and with good reason. Now, it's the first ever in program history. So as I asked Aubrey Lestie of the Gophers last weekend, how long is that taking or has it taken to sink in that you're a national title holder? Uh, it definitely took a few weeks. I mean, I think all of us on the team were kind of like waking up every day and like, oh my gosh, you guys, we have medals. Like, that's so cool. So it's um, been fun to kind of let that sink in to our friends and families and the support here in Duluth. So what were the expectations going in? Because every coach will say, you know, we're in this to win and we understand that. But dance is different and it's, you know, make the finals, then see what you can do. When you're dealing with a first-ever championship team, was was this something you knew you could accomplish, or did you catch yourself a little bit by surprise? Um, we definitely, right off the bat, um, when we had the team announced with after tryouts, we really knew that this team was something special. I mean, every uh, dancer out there really was driven um, and wanted to accomplish something. And we never go into our season really wanting to like win. We just want to do our very best. So we always are like, Whatever, you know, dance is a weird sport. We have judges. It's not like a basket or a goal that right. can, you know. No scoreboard, right? A win. Yeah. Right. And so it does make it a little harder. So we just want to stay true to ourselves and know that, like, we feel like we did our very best. And we always say we'd rather have people say we deserved it than saying we, you know, it was just given to us. And so we're really proud of our girls for just going out there and everybody right off the bat after we performed at Best of the Best, which is the U of M puts on, uh, we perform right before we go to nationals and everybody was talking about our routines and how awesome they were. So it was fun to hear that and hear how good we actually are. And just, you know, we think so, but the public is great to hear from too. Coach as the, as the coach of the biggest program in Northeastern Minnesota and now being at the top of the mountain, I'm wondering if you, if you can talk about the high schools and the division three schools that have dance as well. I mean, there are so many dancers, I right. want to say players, dancers that are on your program and in the programs locally who are local. Uh, tell us about the growth of the, of dance in our region. Well, it's definitely, so even starting here at the studio level in Duluth, there's so many awesome studios around um, the Northland. And same with, you know, the high schools. We have, um, you know, Marshall, or Marshall no longer, but um, Hermantown, um, Proctor has their program, uh, Denfeld and Duluth East, and they all have such awesome talent. And so it's fun to have them perform at our shows and just see the dancers, you know, have goals to be on the Bulldogs. And so that's really awesome. We have one, uh, Maddie Cool, who is from Duluth East, and then um, Brooke, who is also from Denfeld, that are local dancers that are on our team. So it's awesome to, for them to have their local families and teams support them here, too. Absolutely. So there's lots of places in Minnesota that have prolific dance programs, the college level, that national title. The Gophers have it. The Bulldogs have it. Other teams that were there and did very well. St. Thomas, St. Ben, St. Scholastica, the Minnesota dance imprint on the nation is very obvious. I want to talk to you a little bit about coaching because you used to coach at Duluth East. Now you're coaching at UMD. When we talk most sports, we talk about, well, there's that big jump from high school to college. It's a different game. It's a different way of coaching. What about for dance? What are the biggest differences and what differences do you have to make as a coach in your approach? Uh, oh, wow. That's a big one. Um, high school and college are very different. And I co did both for quite some time and, just realizing, you know, it's hard to give your program 110% when you're, you know, dividing time. So this year I was able to give most of my time to UMD and the studio I work at. Um, and so it, it's just very different when you expect the girls to show up at practice. Like we expect, you know, we only have practice for six hours a week. We expect that they're coming in ready with changes made. It's like learning a new play. Uh, so they're coming into practice already ready to go on, you know, changes and hardcore practices and dance is very weird. So we're running that routine a couple of different times, seeing, oh, something didn't quite hit that time. What was it? Was it just a random fluke or do we need to change something and make patterns happen differently? So uh, the difference definitely, it's nice because I can go to college and we are like, hey, we're going to focus on this. We definitely practice a lot later. So our practice times are normally like, 7 p.m. to about 10 p.m. So we're there up pretty late. And then 
Uh, sometimes we have those early morning workouts at 6 a.m. that the girls have to be at, too. So it's nice because we can expect that they're going to stay up a little later. Um, they don't have high school classes in the morning right. like they do, you know, so. So knowing your coaching differences and your approach differences that we just discussed, we are followed quite closely, we believe, by a lot of prep athletes. So if there's a high school dancer out there that's listening today and has aspirations to become a college dancer, what advice do you give them if they want to continue their dance career? So I would say whatever college you're looking for, make sure it's the college you want to go to and not just for a dance team. Yes, it's great to go, but you want to be able to stay there for all four years and love it, you know, and you're going there for a major too. So um, find that school, then look at their dance team, then, you know, see what um, their routines are like, see what their skill level is. And just make sure you're prepared at least for, you know, all of our routines are on YouTube. Uh, so watch them, see what kind of skills we're doing. You should know that before you come to our prep clinics. We usually do one in the spring and one in the fall. Um, and so we're working on our spring one right now, and then we'll be having tryouts. And I always say reach out to those coaches. Let them know that you're interested. Get yourself on their radar. Follow Instagram, social media, whatever you can do for um, a coach to know your name before we, you walk in the door is probably the most helpful. Rock solid advice. We are talking to UMD head coach Allie Mackner, the national champion Bulldogs, getting it done a couple of weeks ago at the national competition. Let's go back to that moment and that competition. You know that my family has been involved in dance a long time. They've had the pleasure to know you a long time as well. Hence why I had to double check on your married name, but I digress. But at the same time, walk me through the moments of that competition because a phrase that my sister uses a lot is, you know, they killed it. They nailed it. What have you. Did you have that feeling the second you guys were done that, hey, we got a real shot here? Yeah, well, we, you know, we the highest we've ever placed at Nationals in person was fourth place. And so last year, you know, we had fourth in Palm and fourth in Jazz. And so we were just like, let's please hear our name for a medal. Like, that's all we really wanted was a medal. Um, and so after hearing the prelims announcements, they were going fourth place, so-and-so, third place, so-and-so. And then we're like, oh, my gosh, you guys. We're and still then they left, yeah. Second place. And we weren't, we were like, we were all on a bus trying to listen because our announcement didn't get done until like 1030 at night and we still needed to practice and we didn't know what time we'd be performing the next day. So we were on a bus listening to the finals announcements and we didn't know if we even made it, you know. So hearing them call our name in first, we were all in shock. We were like, oh my gosh. And then we were super, super excited. We got off the bus and we're like, okay, you guys this isn't final, right? So we're super pumped. We have a ton of energy, but we kind of had to pull everybody back down to earth a little bit and say like, it's possible. You know, it's possible. Now you, you guys have to put in these final efforts. Like we're not done yet. You know, we still have tomorrow. Um, so that was re really exciting to see. And like the girls freaking out, calling their families and friends. And I even called some of my alumni friends that were on the team with me. And it was fun to hear them be like, Oh my gosh, like you guys can do this. You know, those extra words of encouragement. So I think it helped the girls go out on the floor and have an extra boost of confidence. Um, for the longest time, we always thought of ourselves as the underdogs. And so now like this year in the past few years, we're like, you guys, we can do it. People know who we are. People are afraid of us. Um, you know, they're talking about us at their practices and that's all we've kind of wanted is for our name to be on the radar. And so having them walk off their finals performance, me and the other two coaches, we just, you know, we're filled with tears. We were so proud and it's, it's just so rewarding. You work so hard all season long for a two minute routine. Uh, so it's really kind of like, Oh, that's all that we did today. Um, but having them walk off and just be so proud of each other was a, such a good feeling. And we knew whatever happens happens. That was our very best we could do. Like everything hit the little things that we're always yelling at them about. They did it. So well and we were really proud of them and then going into awards was just like okay we're kind of nervous because anything can happen you know changes could be made and there was changes in the lineup between like third and fourth place and we're like oh wow and then second place was a different name and so then we were like oh my gosh you know everything was just building up and hearing our name announced for first place in jazz was unbelievable I mean we were just like I didn't believe it I was like is this real? Like nobody's playing a joke on us. We're not on punk, you know, <laughs> where's Ashton. No. Where's Ashton. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was really exciting. And 
just to like hear their name and their faces. And we were sitting right in front of them. So we don't aren't up on stage with the girls, but we could just see them. And their look on their face was like, so unbelievable. They were in shock. They were like, this can't be real. You know, the tears rolling down their face. They were just really proud. It's excellent. Everything fell into place on your way to a national championship. Congratulations again. And as we've talked about, so many people that are involved in dance are involved in it at so many different levels and sometimes techniques as well. We talked about how you've coached at East, you're coaching at UMD, but you are a huge part. You are the part for me of Just for Kicks here in Duluth. Let's talk about that a little bit to close things out because we do have studio dancers that become dance team members. Obviously, some choose to stick with studio sometimes in lieu of dance team, but you can learn a lot and transfer it to the other, correct? Yeah, it is. I mean, no matter studio or high school dance team, um, it all is going to help build that foundation. And, you know, at the college level, we're looking for the most coachable people. You know, it do- you don't have to be the very best. We want somebody who is going to be eager and coaching. So, um, but at the studio level or high school, you know, find it and try to, you know, apply all those skills that you learn throughout your years at studio and team into what you want to do in the future. No doubt about it. Allie Mackner, coach of the Bulldogs, the in the sport of dance. Thank you very much for the time today. You know how much the sport of dance means to me and my family. I hope you know how happy we are for you. And I appreciate the time today. It was great.